All right, I just got to get these buttons pushed so that the stream happens. And then everything's smoking hot. Good good morning. Happy New Year. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. You know, um, Donald Trump was a particular kind of president. Out of all the previous presidents in modern history... And that made him a specific kind of threat to the very established political organizations. Not a threat to you or to any other American, but rather to the current political party system. And that's that's a big issue. That is, a, I mean, it's one of those things that you just don't sit back there and say, oh, well, you know, we could take it or leave it. No big deal. That's not actually the way that works. And there's a fascinating reason why this is that way. Which, you know, out of all the things that are out there, this is the one thing, you know, you're thinking, well, he's, he's against the deep state, he's against this, he's against that. Uh, this never had came up, you know, never, never had reared its ugly head. But it's individualism. May seem obvious, but if you map out all the elements of the current U.S. political economy, they're made up, for the most part, out of the exact opposite of individualism. It's all about institutionalism. Now, Trump, he stands out in stark contrast to all of this. And he is, by nature, not only an outsider to politics, but an outsider to many entrenched business practices. And even if you find him completely... What, what, how many words could we figure out to make him not, not palatable for some people? Whatever it is that you don't like about him. There's a lot of things you could not like about him, as a matter of fact. Um, he still functions as a symbol. And that avatar is as an individual. And what do I mean by that? I mean that all the contentions that you are subject to daily from the public square of U.S. politics are defined, organized, and transmitted by institutions. By the very alphabet agencies you guys detest. <laughs> you know, the DNC, the GOP, the WHO, the CDC, the DOD, the DOE, the WEF, the UN. And just keep on going. Dozens upon dozens upon dozens of other types of institutions. And, of course, there's the media, which is made up of numerous corporate institutions. And then there's John Donald J. Trump. And what he effectively transmutes socially both from and back to is individualism and that is a precise antagonism to the leftist ideology i mean that's that's just huge it's just it's one of those things you get out there and you're like i don't whatever it is how it is you want to put it when you're when you're out there and you're you're uh when you're projecting this stuff, this is against everything they stand for. They because they, you know, they're looking for group behavior, group consensus, group solidarity, group thinking. They derive their power from fear, and they value and its values from perceived authority. And all of that comes from institutions. And uh, and its methods of coercion, you know, like free speech, free thought, depend desperately on sustaining the illusion of institutional legitimacy, authority, and dependency. And uh, 
In doing so, they lower your God-given natural confidence and replace it with man-given doubt and control. Now, Trump, is it, he's susceptible to influence like anybody else. In my circle of people, he's uh, especially not as well thought of as I still think he should be because of the bump stock ban. He got out there and he listened to the NRA and he didn't listen to everything they had to say. He's susceptible to influence. But he's also more, more vulnerable because he's not by nature an institutional actor that understands the sociology of institutional hierarchy. Now, like a pure political animal like Obama is just the opposite. He is a classic organization man. He cultivates and serves the entire institutional apparatus of the DNC, the systems, the culture, and he's sustained by it, too. He's a true agent, an institutional animal. Trump is, but not to the same degree or of the same kind. And his individualism, while it may be thought to be rude or unsophisticated or uncultivated, it's still a threat because he symbolizes independence. But this is a specific kind of Americanism, and it evokes a kind of political metaphysics of the individual. Defines America's foundings and the founding that is also the enemy of the radical left that seeks to erase it. Because erasing America starts with erasing individualism. The Constitution was not signed by anybody other than individuals. And all of that represented an individual commitment. So is the Declaration and so is the Federalist. And yes, these signers also had roles in business enterprise. They may have held office, you know, but institutionalism then was mostly a formality. It didn't have institutional power. First and foremost, they were individuals. Harvard Law professor and historian Morton Horwitz wrote a two-volume well-known and well-regarded series called The American Transformation, where he argued that our laws, judicial system, and political institutions were transformed and gradually reorganized around the accommodation of special interests in business. In the meantime, American institutions have grown and grown and grown and grown, and now they have grown so out of control that they now dominate the private sector of individual interests which includes the university system, which, you know, this explains why so, so, so many of our uh, students coming out of, and I say that loosely because they don't really seem to be students. They just seem to be players, NPCs, if you will. <sighs> Universities are complete corporate political institutions. They follow, obey, and carry out all the signals and orders and directives, like the COVID program. That's a good one. And the biggest threat to progressive Leftism is individualism. Because the the authorities out there, they're, they're looking at this fantasy of absolute control. Which I don't even know how that actually even ever gets close. And Trump is part of that system in several ways. But a part of him also you know, stands outside of it. And his presence alone symbolizes both directly and indirectly, whether it's deliberate or not, the non-conforming individual will of hundreds of millions of individual Americans with individual lives, individual families, individual businesses, individual wealth, just being individuals. All of that combined is what makes him the real threat. Because he is closer. Because if you think about this, the founding fathers, none of them had had the time to work in an institutionalized setting. 
prior to our founding. They, you know, they held office and all this other stuff, but nothing like what we see today. And of all the people that have held office recently, the, probably the closest one to them is Trump. So like him or not, he's probably closer to what your philosophy is than you may care to admit. So <laughs> that's, that's where their fear is. His fear is of what he represents. And he was right when he's out there saying they're coming after me because they want to come after you. Yeah. That's a different way of saying it. But it's all about you as an individual American who just seeks to run your own life. When we get back, uh, you know, uh, I, I've, I've gone to the store and I've gotten some Orville Redenbachers and some beer. And I'm going to invite you to sit back with me because we're going to sit back and we're going to watch California burn right here on News Talk 98.9 WORD. It's not often that I get to agree with the environmentalist left, but I have to this time. California is a beautiful place. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. The big problem with California is just all those people that live there. And the tree huggers would love humans, you know, they'd love humans to be wiped out by a series of abortions and pandemics to restore the balance to nature, but they're goose-stepping the the road to eliminating a lot of people by simply embracing the radical left-wing policy. And for some of us, this, you know, <laughs> this means that for some of us that uh, don't live in California, which, you know, I'm one of them, um, we soon will be uh, popping the corn and, and just watching this occur. They've raised their minimum wage to 20 bucks an hour, and that's going to kill some small businesses. And if you own a company and haven't already moved it out of the state, be prepared to be milked like the rest of the remaining dairy cows in Wisconsin. They've already, they're have already taxed to death. Next, they're going to tax death. But before that, expect Sacramento to tax moving trucks, leaving the state to get that last penny out of the people who dared choose to live free. They've even, they've even floated this idea of trying to tax people after they move away for 10 years. I haven't figured that part out yet, how that would work. Who's going to enforce that one? And... I mean, I, I want you to think about this. These democratic leftist policies are driving people to flee one of the most physically beautiful places on the planet. But there is one group moving in, which is the illegal aliens. Now, I'm not going to win any humanitarian awards, but if I were to be able to see all of the illegal aliens be bumped and thrown out of the company, or out of the country, out of the country rather, I would, uh, I would be quite happy over that one. I'd be okay. And any sense of sympathy for people who've lived here for years or kids who've only ever known this is home, that's gone. The Democrats killed it by opening the border to every degenerate and illiterate single male from around the world. So I don't care about your sad tales. You're out. I wouldn't feel differently even if all, the, if all the crime these illegals commit was committed against those Democrats and their families 
but it would be more entertaining. Since that's unlikely, you've got Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis. They've started proactively shipping illegals to states and cities run by the Democrats who insist on open borders and sanctuary statutes. Let them deal with this unskilled army or go broke trying. Now, California is charging into the tsunami. Starting today, California is offering state health insurance for free to illegals. If you still live in California, you are a sucker. There's no two ways about it. They're already running a $69 billion deficit. To give this perspective, Maryland has a total annual budget of $63.1 billion. In fact, California's deficit this year is more than the total budgets of 40 other states, and now they're going to cover the health care of millions of illegals. I myself, I mean, I, I'm going to, you know, if I didn't already have a job, I'd be calling up DeSantis or Abbott saying, hey, listen, let me try to sell California to all of these illegals for you. Yeah, when they get there, when they get there to, to, to Texas or whatever, we could just get out there and go, listen, here in California, you get free health care, housing, welfare, and everything else. So will that be bus or flight? And they've been going down this road for a long time. In 2015, undocumented children were able to join Medi-Cal under a bill signed by then-Governor Jerry Brown. In 2019, Newsom signed into law an expansion of full-scope Medi-Cal access for young adults ages 19 to 25, regardless of citizenship or immigration status. Then, that was further expanded to allow older adults age 50 and older to receive full benefits, also regardless of immigration status. And now, what's about to go into effect will make approximately 700,000 undocumented residents between ages 26 and 49 eligible for full coverage. So everybody that is an illegal immigrant, no matter what their age is, they get free health care. So don't worry, illegal immigrants. If you just climb the fence, you now have, and you've contributed nothing to society, all you got to do is go to California, get it all. Get it all for free. And these idiots voted for this. Not everybody that lives there did, but they're still living there. And see, there, there's a bit of a difference between leaving California versus leaving to go to California. I couldn't leave to go to California because I can't afford to live in California. People that live in California, that have real estate in California, or just, you know, whatever it is, their cost of living is so high, they can't afford not to live anywhere else. Everywhere is easier than California. Texas is easier than California. So it's not a prison. And while I see these people, they're banging their heads against the wall. Oh, I hate this. I hate this. Listen, you're, you're complaining about a headache. And we've already told you that stopping the banging would probably help if you, you know, with that headache. So you and me, we get to sit back. And we get to watch California kill itself. And, you know, we've already seen this one time. This is at about this point now, this is where we should start being concerned about the next uh, Pandelirium pandemic. See, they already were in a bankruptcy situation and Biden bailed them out with COVID relief funds. 
and everybody got made whole. And I mean, this isn't just since Biden's been president. So since 2021, they have gotten back to zero and then gone back. And now they're $69 billion in the hole again. This is them spending money like a bunch of drunk pirates. And we should use this as a cautionary tale for where we live here. If we and I know that we have lots of people coming from various places all around to the lovely state of South Carolina. It is a great state. I mean, we have we have mountains, we have the beach, we have the Midlands, we have the you know uh, wherever you want to be. There's there's something for you here. And yet we don't want your politics. We you know stop the virus. The only way to truly defeat these evil leftists, and yes, they are they're evil leftists. But Bill, there's they're, they're they're our fellow country people. The only way to defeat them is to let somewhere be sacrificed to the God of their policies. California is better than anywhere else because they're already there. And it's not everywhere else, at least not yet. So, you know, I was talking about how Ingalls Markets has the best micro, micro uh, brews out there. Let's all go get one and watch California together. Because they're going to die. They're going to die. Now, on the text line, I'm being told that they get uh, free health care here in the emergency room, right? Which that, But that happens with anybody. That happens with anybody in South Carolina at Prisma. If you show up, if you present at the emergency room and you can't pay and you don't have insurance, you're still going to get treated. So this is not, you know, that's not a new policy. But yes, that yeah, they, they won't refuse them. Absolutely right. They will not refuse them. This will be, uh, California's going to be a lot like Detroit. Detroit uh, went uh, so bad that you could go and buy a mansion for like $30,000 and then rebuild it and have like the best house on the planet. That's happening now, and Detroit is going to get repopulated by a bunch of people that, uh, you know, saw a deal. And pretty soon, California will be a deal. So all we got to do is sit back and just let it happen. And it will. It'll happen. It will definitely happen. And we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll eventually repopulate it because it's a beautiful place. What does it take to make a snowflake? And I'm not talking about the kind that falls out of the sky. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Well, snowflakes, I use that more than one way. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. And I'm streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, if that's your cup of tea. A snowflake, a meteorological snowflake forms when cold water droplets freeze onto a piece of dust or pollen in the atmosphere and creates an ice crystal then additional droplets are added into the infinitely variable pattern which forms that very unique structure and this takes about 30 minutes to actually build a snowflake but that's the classic snowflake that's the real snowflake 
Nothing natural about the formation of a human snowflake. The, that, here we have a normal child seeking identity in a complex society. Now, in order to make a really good snowflake. <laughs> uh, well, you got to disconnect them from traditional social foundations. Because that's viewed by the left as oppressive. And offers it no, and offer it nothing of substance to replace them. You got to teach that child that the nation was built on slavery and is systemically racist and religion is dictatorial and science denying and the traditional family is patriarchal and the gender designation is repressive and their first two names are too restraining. Now we've taken a normal, well-adjusted child and turned them into an isolated, self-immersed entity without an anchor. Now you have to weaken the resolve if there's any left. So you got to teach that child that speech and events that may make him uncomfortable are an existential threat to their safety and well-being. Teach them to be alert for microaggressions and to bullying. And then teach them that global warming will destroy the planet. They're all going to die. Allow them to skip classes. Attend bereavement counseling when the orange man is elected. Provide him with safe spaces. Reward him not for accomplishment, but for participation coddle and indulge him, capitalize upon his exalted status as the object of permissive parenting. Discipline might be hurtful, especially for someone showing signs of emotional distress. Allow him to find identity, escape, and safety in the alternate universe of social media. Mazel tov, your snowflake is now perfectly formed. Emotionally fragile, sheltered, socially withdrawn, and vulnerable to everything. Just as physical stress builds strong bodies, dealing with emotional stress builds strong psyches. Creating a stressful culture, then taking every possible step to shelter the disenfranchised from having to deal with the stress, is how to make a snowflake. Now, I myself... <laughs> And understand this, I myself, I, I, I recognize snowflakes for what they are. I don't have a lot of uh, patience for them. Because that's really, as with anything else in life, what we are is basically self-inflicted. Absolutely. Your, back, your background, your upbringing, all of these things are going to have a portion of things that are going to shape you in your life. But I simply ask you to understand this. At a certain point in our in our aging, from the time, say, we're 15 years old and up, at least that's the way it was with me, I began to think the way I sort of think now. And I began to recognize things as I sort of recognize them now. And all that has changed since then, since that, you know, that 15-year-old that I used to be to what I am now, is just the refinement of the process. So at some point, we all become individuals, Okay. And at some point, you have to sort of push all of this other stuff. If you're actually going to be successful in life, you got to push some of this other stuff to the side and say, I am in charge of this. I'm running this game now. Taking individuals and turning them into snowflakes based on this leftist change America activism. And they find... They're very precarious, immediate gratification through the attack of the, on the oppressors. And they don't look down the street far enough to figure out what this outcome might actually work out to be. Save the planet and ban fossil fuels. 
Replace nationalistic xenophobia with open borders. And racism by replacing merit with diversity. Reduce crime by not prosecuting it. Support the economy with fiscal stimulus. Eliminate misogyny by prioritizing career of a family. Now, wait a minute. When you ban the fossil fuels, you're going to freeze to death. When you open the borders, you're not going to be a nation anymore. Laws don't matter. If you end racism by replacing merit with diversity, you're just replacing it with something worse than racism. Reducing crime by not prosecuting it, that means eventually it works its way back to you, Snowflake. Support the economy with fiscal stimulus? Nothing in this world is free. And eliminate misogyny by prioritizing career over family? Well, that just means you're going to die off. <laughs> Everybody sits back and, you know, you see these presidents, they're out there going, my legacy. Everybody wants to be remembered. But when you just die off and there's, you, you, you had no progeny come from you, no one that you loved more than you loved yourself, who's going to remember you? So if the chaos arising from changing America creates snowflakes, and you know if they have to be protected and coddled and excused from social interaction and having to go to school and given drugs for their increased rates of anxiety and depression and drug addiction and suicide... Uh, well, you know, thank God I'm not one of them, but not to worry. They'll be part of the Democrat party base. They will, uh, they will have to, you know, suckle, suckle up to America, the nurturing government and turning to the government led by the Democrat party to resolve the chaos created by the intentional churning of the discontent. That's what they want. The only problem with creating snowflakes is that they all eventually melt. And that, uh, that, that tinted lens that they view the world through doesn't matter. It just goes away. One day, the betrayal that they wake up to is real and tangible, and there's no mistaking what they see in front of them. And that's how you get these things like the French Revolution where they're, you know the guillotines are being rolled out, and all of the elites are getting the really short haircut. Which, unfortunately for the leftists, they don't quite... I don't guess they get that. I don't guess they get that. So, that's how Snowflake is formed. And uh, as I look at all this stuff, I'm just beginning to understand that Snowflakes, they endanger themselves, don't they? They endanger themselves. In the end, they simply die out because they're not building anything. They're living too much for the moment. You heard, I, I've been hearing it in the news all day, how everybody's just living for the moment, living for today. Okay. Remember that. Because days end every day. <laughs> when we get back, the biggest problem the left has with you is choice. The fact that you get to have a choice bothers them. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Well, today is the first day of the rest of the year. 
and I'm very happy to be here with you. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. And I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Now then, we're just not choosing to switch over to what the government says we should want to switch over fast enough. So, they're just going to dictatorially take away the freedom of choice. Although that's not going to work out too well, but we'll get to that later. They're cracking down on more household appliances in their latest effort to push the radical climate change agenda. And they've got a uh, you know a slew of new energy efficient standards for residential refrigerators and freezers and proposed standards for commercial fans and blowers because we're not choosing to buy electric cars. So, you uppity individuals, we're going to take away your freedom of choice. And we're going to raise fuel standards to unreasonable levels, again, without going through the bothersome legislative process. This will raise the, it will boost the average vehicle price by $3,000 by 2032 because of penalties they would face for not being in compliance adding the figure exceeds reason and will increase the cost to American consumers with absolutely no environmental or fuel savings benefits. They want to boost it by 2% per year for passenger cars, 4% per year for pickup trucks and SUVs from 2027 through 2032, resulting in a fleet-wide average fuel efficiency of 58 miles per gallon. <laughs> And they want to force schools to allow males to share locker rooms and bathrooms with females so it dictatorial cuts off funds to schools that don't comply. So they're using lunch money, lunch money to hold school districts hostage, the head of a conservative advocacy group said in response to their announcement they require certain schools to allow transgender students to use the bathroom of their preferred gender. Or gender, excuse me, I'm sorry. There's so many, the theft of the language is so pervasive. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. They want to force schools to allow males to compete with girls in sports, so they are seeking to dictatorially change the Title IX rules. Which, you know what, I, you know. Ladies, if you allow that to happen, if you allow that to happen, uh, whatever happens to us as a people, we probably deserve, don't we? Yeah. Democrats can't stand the thought of an outsider who wants to give power, money, and freedom back to you instead of having a dictatorial government run by Democrats. They have unelected bureaucrats and judges who are willing to take Trump off the ballot. They can't allow people to have freedom of choice as they pretend they care about fair elections in our republic. They clearly care about only one thing, and that's power and control, which is the same thing. you know. Trump is the opposite of a dictator. And unfortunately, half of us believe he's a dictator. <laughs> Biden's the one operating as a dictator. See, that's the thing about Trump. Trump gets out there and he does this shiny thing and everybody goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then um, nobody looks at what he does. They just look at what he says. But people should pay attention to what people do, not what they say. They don't like the Biden administration doesn't like the Christian Grand Canyon University, so they're using regulators to destroy it. And the most important sentence in the article describing that 
is sadly there are no checks and balances in place to prevent this type of blatant and unwarranted government overreach. Oh, well, you're wrong, my friend, but you're, you know, you're a pacifist. I get that. You're, well, not, you're not really even a pacifist because a pacifist has a plan to kill everybody in the room. No, no, you're just a punk. You got, you got to sit back and you got to say to yourself, wow, you guys are really going to push me to go kinetic, aren't you? This is the same thing. I mean, they're going after Elon Musk. They're going after parents who challenge school boards. They're going after Catholic churches. They're going after you if you support Trump. They're going after pro-life protesters and crisis pregnancy centers. The Democrats and the leftists say that they run this big tent and they support women and blacks and other minorities. But that's a bald-faced lie. The only people they support are the ones that go along with their radical agenda. You can figure this out too, because if you, you think about this, remember when you used to when you accidentally broke something that belonged to your mom and it was probably her favorite something, whatever that might maybe it was a vase or something. Um remember how you used to behave? Aren't the Democrats behaving that way? Now, the best thing that could happen to the left as things are going along right now would be if they were to get caught, prosecuted, and put in jail because then they lived through all of that. But that, they're not even interested in that. They want to push us into this civil war thing where, you know, they're, they're going to get... <laughs> they're going to get their clocks cleaned. And they don't quite get it. But I'll tell you what, this coming year, this coming year, we're going to see. With all the things they put in place, they're the ones opening the door to something kinetic. And the biggest problem with that is once that fires, there's not going to be any of this time out, time out. We, this is not what we meant to happen. You're going to be enjoined. And then you're going to be sought out. You're going to be closed with. And you're going to be destroyed. And all because you thought you wanted that. People like me, we just want to be left alone. But that's all right. Already volunteered once. I can do it again. No problem. No problem at all. I'll be talking to you in about uh, 22 hours. And in the interim, between now and then, just, I mean, I just think this, every time I think of this, it just makes me smile. You are listening to News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.